At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. This show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a revolutionary new daily fantasy game whereby you pick two, three, or four players to go over or under their fantasy point projections, and if you're correct, you win. Pick two or more players from the same sport or league or go cross leagues for your parlay. Use the promo code 5, that's F-I-V-E, 5, and receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. But first, sign up at prizepicks.com to start winning today. It's football season and it's time to make your way over to my bookie. They've got deposit matches, free bets, and huge cash prize contests for you to take advantage of all season long. NFL action, check. College ball, check. Plus, they have a mobile-friendly website and top-of-the-line customer service making their platform a one-stop shop for all betting needs. MyBookie offers action on everything from championship futures to NFL in-game live betting, making sure you've covered every step of the way. Sign up at MyBookie today, and when you do, use promo code 3YARDS to claim a halfway match on your deposit. If you put in 200 they'll spot you another 100 to play with. That's promo code 3YARDS so you can claim your bonus when you make your deposit. Sign up today to begin your winning season exclusively at MyBookie. Welcome to Three Yards Per Caddy, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon. And we're on, and welcome to another edition of Three Yards Per Caddy. I'm Alfredo Artiaga. Chris Kaufman is here. Sam Clancy is not here. He's in London, and we can't hear him from over there, so he's not on the show. He's okay. shouting really loudly, but yeah, if, still if, can't if hear like him. if you turn if you turn up your volume all the way, mm-hmm. you might hear him doing some type of manscape ad right now. In fact, we should be doing we should be doing that like on these preview shows when Simon's not here, like just pretend he's here. But <laughs> yes, well, ask so questions. many people, so many, so many of you complain about our volume a- after you know after we release our podcast. Yeah. They're like, you know, Simon's like super quiet, and I can't understand. It. It's it's like he's talking with marbles in his mouth, and and then CK gets on and it blows my eardrums out. And <laughs> so yeah, we acknowledge we acknowledge by the way that we've heard your complaints. We're just yes. not doing anything, and I don't care. I don't care it. the least bit about them. <laughs> <laughs> okay sorry I'm, I'm i'm putting on this podcast okay one guy's in tampa one guy's in miami lakes and the other guy's in london yeah. okay and Can we're you know, i mean we're using we're using cans connected by string give us a break yes exactly all right but of course we're brought to you by manscape and you know the you know the the code already by now five rsn we've sold so many lawnmower 2.0s 3.0s 8.0s that that it's it's you know it's it's ridiculous okay what we've done for manscape deserves a fat check and i think we should get one pretty soon uh by the way i did use the the ball deodorant today Love oh that. my god 
Have you gotten your your package nice. yet from from Ethan? I know I'm using the the wrong verb well, again. Yeah, wording. Uh, no. <laughs> All right. He told me. So I am I am manscape less. Just, okay. just He told me he was gonna send it to you. So you know. I guess. You know what though, listener? If Maybe when I Christmas. when I do when I do get it, you know, expect a full review. And you know what? I'll, I'll give it like a full play by play type analysis. <laughs> um and and you'll hear all about it which will be way too much information but that's uh but that's look forward to that all right chris sunday they play the cardinals this game has some juice to it finally okay Mm. i don't know what's on sunday night and i understand with covid it's kind of hard to start flexing things but i think this game is flexible to be honest with you it's kyler murray it's Tua tonga vialoa right it's the number one defense in the nfl what's on sunday night you know what? Let's do that. Let's do that right now. Let's 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 play a game called Check the Schedule on the Air. <laughs> Check the schedule. I already have it here. It's uh, okay. It's what's the Saints, Sunday night? It's the Saints Buccaneers. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's rough, right? Like, I mean, it's Tom Brady versus Drew Brees. You're not going to compete with that. Yeah, that's a I'm problem, sorry. right? Like we, that's we a problem. Needed, yeah, we needed to have last week's game, which was yeah, exactly. The Steelers versus no, what was it? It was the Eagles versus the Cowboys. They really yeah. put that thing on we, a Sunday yeah. night. We would have, we would have, we would have taken that one. But uh, we're not. Yeah, we're not. We're not taking. We're not storming the uh, the beaches against the uh, against Drew Brees, Tom Brady, and Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Yeah, uniform. you know what's interesting about that game is that that what? the the all time leader in touchdown passes might change two or three times during that game because they're within <laughs> one from each other right that's that's how they'll build it they'll that's what they'll do we'll start there then i guess do you think drew Brees mm. is just trying to hold on to hold on to that record and if he's doing that i think he's in trouble because tom brady's looking better and better i think tom brady's gonna play until he's 50 you think he's gonna yeah. outlast drew Brees? let's call it right I mean, now let's, let's tom brady tom let's make, brady, let's, you're make throwing... a, let's make a bold prediction right here on the podcast and everybody could could circle it who's the all-time leader in touchdowns when oh, all is said and done when all is said and done yeah I, breeze and brady are gone they're playing golf somewhere or coaches somewhere or they own oh you mean okay so so like they're out of the picture and and somebody overtakes them is that what you're saying no who holds on to it who gets it in the end because they're within one from each other right now and they're both oh, ancient you mean okay so well i think that both are playing because they want that brady's gonna play longer though really okay yeah i think i think brady's gonna play longer i i think breeze is is gonna fold before brady does brady brady is nice and quickened by you know it's not that you know, okay I'll, I'll be fair here because breeze has some players to throw but i mean still brady you get to throw to mike evans and chris godwin and antonio brown you know gronkowski gronkowski join you now antonio brown is there um you know scotty miller is pretty good yeah uh so yeah i mean he's noj howard and cameron Brait. i mean come on man it's overkill right <laughs> and they're gonna have they're gonna have that they're gonna have that next year too like they'll they'll still have they'll still have a bunch of those guys yeah, i tend to agree with you i think i think you know brady looks like he's he's looking good like you know i'd hate to and to he's he's the one that on always him. always says he's the one that always like jokes around about how long he's gonna be playing too like yeah, like, I hey, think, I want to be playing until I'm 50 or something. I think we could settle that, and I don't think I even have to ask you your opinion because I think I could state your opinion. 
Yeah, go ahead. Tom Brady won the pissing match with Bill Belichick. No? Wow, you actually are not coming out right away. Because I I think he did. I think it's over. He won the pissing match, no? Let's let's give it time. Let's give it a little time. I mean, they're five and two. They're five and two. The uh, the Belichick is two and five. Or sorry, six and two. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to short them. Uh, no, I and, and and they're two and five, but also okay. Let's keep in mind. Let's keep in mind with the they're in different places, completely yes. different place. The like there's a reason. There's a reason I expected Miami to go up there and win that game in week one, and I said that they were going to be trash this year. I thought that they were tanking. You know, in actuality, they were tanking. It's just a little bit more like the tanking that Miami did in in 2019, mm-hmm. which is to say, yes, they have dismantled um, a lot of a lot of the talent in the team, and um, and they're not they're not going to extraordinary lengths to try and win this year. But you know, Bill Belichick takes every game seriously, and um, and you know they come up with one uh every now and then but uh but yeah i mean that team is a disaster by design and bill belichick even he even said it like recently he was like listen we sold out you know we sold out to get those we went to like three super we won three super bowls went to a fourth you know we sold we sold out from a money standpoint from a a resource standpoint to do all that yes um and now it's it's come home to roost i mean we paid gotta pay for it yeah, now we got to pay for it, and we we we're only paying Cam like one million dollars, and you know that's I mean, like he he went through this big explanation about it, and this is so we know and look how many Patriots sat out the year, like yeah with the, the COVID uh, sit out, you know that and they didn't all have to do that necessarily. I'm I'm not sure. I'm not sure how much of that w- was actually them being afraid of the virus and how much of it is just like, I don't need to be part of the Patriots effort this year. And this is the, the rebuild year. Yeah. Um, and so, so they're in different places. So I'm not, I'm not sure. I don't want to judge that. I'll judge Belichick after they've, they've engaged in some of the, this rebuild and see if they, they get back on top or not. Meanwhile, the Buccaneers are in that sellout mode. Clearly. Yes. I mean, yes. you get Leonard Fournette down there. You get Rob Gronkowski. Now you're getting Antonio Brown. I mean, it's clear. Like, right? Yeah, Bruce Arians <laughs> did a, a presser the other day. And trust me, listeners, we're going to get off of this, all right? Trust me. In the next two minutes, we're going to get off of this. But I found this really interesting. Bruce Arians did a, pre- a presser the other day. And they asked him, how do you integrate Antonio Brown? And he says, you play him. <laughs> yeah, you, you play him at wide receiver, preferably. And yes. uh, I don't think we're going to play him at linebacker or right tackle. <laughs> and, and, you know, on defense, man, they got, they got Dominic and Sue and Vita Vea and, you know, although yeah, it's still playing right, yeah, right now, if, but um, yeah, if all you other idiots that pounded the Buccaneers to get to the Super Bowl this year, didn't do that. I would be betting them, but they're, yeah, I mean, second seriously, favorite right and, now. yeah. And, and they, you got, I mean, you look at Jason Pierre Paul is still there. Shaq Barrett, they made sure to get him back. Yeah. Uh, after that ridiculous, you know, year and really career that he's had, uh, they added Antoine Winfield Jr., which you know was one of my my big, one of our big favorite. I think I think you love him too. Um, yes. Devin White, <laughs> Levante David's still there. I mean, and Carlton Davis. I mean, come, Christ's sakes, man! And, and in addition to all the pass catchers that we just mentioned. 
that I mean, why shouldn't they be in the Super Bowl? So going six and two, actually, I'm 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 almost like and that's you okay, Tom. That's you okay, secondary. Tom? Like Tom, Tom, you should be doing a little bit better than this. You only got a 103 passing rate, but buddy, this is this is 2020. 103 is like 103 10 years ago, 103 passer rating was 93. <laughs> yeah, Devin White is so good. I like Golston too. Murphy Bunting is a hell of a corner. Carlton Davis, they, they're that's a good team. Like that's yeah, a, a good Super team. Bowl, Super legit. Bowl ready team. Yeah, right. they're legit. Let's get off of all that. All yeah. right, on Sunday, Chris, they play the the Cardinals, and if they get the ball first, or they get this the ball, being the they, Dolphins, yes, <laughs> the Dolphins. If they, yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna look at the game from the Cardinals lens until yeah. we will later on in this show. But if they defer and then they get the ball second and Tua Tonga Bailoa lines up in the pistol and he gets the snap and he turns around to hand it off for an inside zone. As of right now, there's nobody standing there at running. That's back. true. He'll just have to run it himself. Yes. So I guess that's the first question. Who's going to be there? Yeah. Because I have no um, ideas as of you right know what? now. I got this question earlier from from one of our one of our people in the um in five reasons and uh and it's 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 a tough it's actually I was surprised how tough of a question it is because first off Matt Breda could play I mean it's well, it's not been ruled practice. out as far he as I know he didn't practice he didn't on practice Thursday, no which is he didn't practice sign. on Thursday but that doesn't I mean that's not a good sign but that hey if if you got no running backs then if the guy pops up healthy, then you're like, okay, get in there. Um, so yeah, he could play first off, but so let's discount him though. Does Jordan Howard get carries? Does he see, here's the thing that I don't know. And I, well, if we give him 145 carries, he'll run for 170 yards and that's pretty successful now. That's true. I'll have a great game. Um, but here's the thing that I don't know, and that because I've heard, and this is just because I didn't read up on it, and maybe things happened that I just didn't weren't tra- wasn't tracking at the time. Was he was he playing ball completely? You know, as he as he got found himself behind Gaskin and Breda on the pecking order, and then they tried to pull in um, what's his name, uh, uh, the the running back from New York. Um, um tell me his name Le'Veon Bell Le'Veon Bell they tried pulling Le'Veon Bell like was was he kind of bitching behind the scenes like I I thought I thought I heard something along those lines but if he if he's been a if he's been a bitch behind the scenes then no no he's he's not going to be necessarily be the guy they turn to um in this game uh but if he's if he's been if he's been practicing really well and he's been playing ball with them and you know had a good attitude and stuff like that then yeah he could he could do some work but it's also gonna they're gonna try and do a whole lot of different things um offensively in this game uh so you, you're gonna see perry you're gonna see lynn bowden um you know like the last week the 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 time we went short yardage wildcat mm-hmm. and it wasn't even a jet sweep it was just miles gaskin on the direct snap you know that's a perfect lynn bowden play um you know, and then, and then you have the the wildcat that the wildcats that we did try with uh, Malcolm Perry back there, and then we had uh, jet sweep and stuff like and and, and actions going on. Um, that's perfect, Malcolm Perry. Um, I think that you'll 
see plays like that. I think that you'll see Patrick Laird, um, if he's healthy. Uh, there's been an implication that he's not 100% healthy. Um, but if he's healthy, and this is because he can catch the ball, uh, he has experience catching the ball, and he has experience running around and you know and spread offenses. So, um, and I think they, they're, they're very much, you know, spread the ball out. So, so yeah, Patrick Laird could, could get some action. Um, it could be, you know, almost sort of maddening how many different players they try that way, uh, running the ball or doing sort of uh, pseudo run plays, uh, all to find out who's getting the hot hand and, and then try and feel the game out. Um, and so, so I think that that's probably how they approach it. And Salvin Ahmed. Oh, right. And him too. He might get some cherries too. He's been practicing. And I got this question earlier today, and I could give you a very short answer. DeAndre Washington, I like him. I like the trade. Uh, He's a good player. If he returns to what he was as a rookie, then he could be a fine going forward and for the long term. But he's had a a gap since then. But Mm -hmm. he is not available in any single way because – nope. The COVID protocol is five days. He can't be in the in the facility. And okay, you can send. I guess I guess you can send him emails with <laughs> you know with the server you know with the server address to go look at the playbook. But I don't think that gets you ready to play for a Sunday, right? So he's a guy that you can look on the roster maybe next week. Okay, mm-hmm. but Salvin Ahmed has been practicing this week. I guess if if it, if the situation is dire. He would have to be activated, and I guess he would have to play because Patrick Laird is battling some type of injury. Yeah, he is. I don't know anything about Salvin Ahmed. Do you know anything about him? Not really. I mean, I've seen him. I've seen him play a little bit. He doesn't even stand out to me as much as DeAndre Washington. And DeAndre Washington is a guy that I like, but you know, I didn't really stand. Um, you know, we'll see. Actually, on that, I don't want to. Sp- I don't want to speak definitively on anybody. Um, I'd I'd like to see what they do in a in a pro uniform because you know what, Miles Gaskin, pretty to be honest. Um, you know, I used to look at him and it's just like you know, I don't yeah, I don't see it. I don't see I don't. Yeah, see he's an like NFL com- player, but not much. Uh, yeah, I don't see a compelling pro there. Um, you know, and and he turned out to, to make some really nice plays for us this year, um, and then had a bad game, but everybody everybody can do that every now and then um so you know i don't want to speak definitively on it. we're just we're just gonna have to see what i will say is that you know like i said patrick laird um presents a lot that they might find attractive in this particular you know in this the setting uh and and at the same time the offense that they want to operate with Tua at quarterback now as opposed to ryan fitzpatrick fits with the effort to actually get Lynn Bowden and or Malcolm Perry more involved mm-hmm. um, or, and or Jakeem Grant on jet sweeps and, and whatnot. Um, so, so, you, you know, I'd keep an eye on that. And, and as evidence for that, you look no further than the fact that they, they just traded Isaiah Ford yes. uh, off to the New England Patriots of all teams. Right. Um, and Isaiah Ford was probably, the only, if if not the only, certainly the surest, surest player that you could just line up in the slot and be a slot receiver on a drop back pass. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what that signifies 
to me is that that's not what they want anymore. No. Because what they plan on doing is getting guys on the field that would be in that slot position who are multi-threats, you know, running threats, jet sweep threats, wildcat threats, um, stuff like that. And and so I think that this is the kind of thing that they're going to install with Tua uh, at, at quarterback and that's and so it's it's going to be a really really varied uh, running attack yeah they're going to have to gimmick up this uh this running game somehow and they have the players to do it like if if you sure. want four, four yards per if four yards per carry is something that you want and you need to run mm-hmm. your offense on schedule they have the guys that they can do it they're just gonna have to be much more creative like, if you run jet sweeps with Jakeem Grant, like, this could be the game where Jakeem Grant gets the 10 touches that we want, you know? And I think... I think in general, they've got to figure that out for him a little yeah. bit more. Absolutely. Because when he touches the ball, good things happen. You can make a strong case that he was... If you're going to give out MVPs for, for games, Jakeem mm-hmm. Grant was probably the MVP of that Rams game because it's not only the punt return, but it's the 45-yard return. Yeah, the kick return. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one set up, set them up in good field position. Well, the MVP goes to somebody on defense. <laughs> I don't know who. <laughs> well, yeah, <that laughs> I don't know who exactly, but uh, but that defense, the that showing was so incredible that I can't I can't cotton to anybody but somebody. It could have been Nick Needham. It could have been Nick Needham because I'm sorry, you give up. Yes, I understand. Cooper Cup had 10 catches for 110 yards. He was targeted 22 mm-hmm. times. I think I would give it to Ogba probably personally. Yeah, well, you know, well, Agba is all of a sudden the best pass rusher in the history of football. And we were ready. I'm, I'm mea culpa on this one. I, after the first couple of games, like I was complaining about him. Like he's yeah. just, this, this doesn't, it's not working in this this scheme. And it wasn't, to be honest, to be fair. Um, yeah, you know, and, and, wasn't. and I'll take and I'll take a little bit of credit. I'll pat myself on the back a little bit in our pre in our preseason show when we talked about who was going to be the best free agent signing besides. Byron mm-hmm. Jones. I said Ogba, remember? And I said yeah. he's gonna have ten and a half sacks. He was gonna lead the team in sacks. Yeah, well, you you got it wrong. Yeah, because he's gonna have Cause 14 sacks. He's gonna have 16. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. way to go. You blew it. Um yeah. so yeah, I I and in first couple games he he wasn't playing that well to me, to my eyes, because and I think this is in part, and we're gonna get into this a little bit later, but I think this is in part because of the quarterbacks we faced, right? Um yeah in in those two first two games and the way that they have to play those two quarterbacks and i was just waiting for him to get in more of these situations because i know what you know what if you don't have to watch him very long to know what he is right and Mm -hmm. and he does well in these situations where he can he can just go rush the passer from from an outside position and um and he couldn't do that against cam newton he couldn't do that against josh allen it probably drove him nuts and maybe he uh, lost a little bit of focus because of that. But, um, but yes, yeah, since then he's been facing Gardner Minshew, Jimmy Garoppolo, um, Bethard, you know, yes. uh, John, Jared Goff, uh, or, and, um, and, you know, players like that. And it's like, Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. There he is. Yeah. <laughs> now, I don't know if you saw the, the, and we're going to move off, of what is a dire situation at running back. And we're going to move to 
what is kind of a good situation on the offensive line. And I don't know if you saw, did you see the the sideline video of Ted Karras talking to Tua Tonga Vailoa? I don't know if you saw that. Did you see that? No, I didn't see that. It was pretty interesting because, you know, the game is almost over. And Tua's sitting there on the bench and Ted Karras comes over to him. And Tua looks at him and goes, man, we've been terrible. Like basically telling him, like, man, we got to get, you know, we got to go get points, you know? Like the offense mm. hasn't been good. And Ted Karras tells him, go, calm down, baby. You know, we got this game. We only ran 17 plays in the first half in your first start coming off of a bye. It's hard to win in this league. Enjoy it. And you see he kind of picks him up. And Tua looks at him like, all right. So I guess Ted Karras is pretty much of a, you know, pretty good leader on this team. Sure. He's not going to get supplanted at center. Um I mean, I, I don't know uh, if, if this is where you're heading with this, but we got but, a decision to make with I'm Jesse Davis. I'm not headed Davis. there with that, but I will. I'm, I am headed somewhere with this. And where I'm headed is that okay. Austin Jackson, we were told, and remember, remember when I told you he goes on IR and you said, oh, my God, this is a disaster. I said, no, relax. This is like a three-week thing. They don't expect him for the Rams, but after the Rams, you know, he could be back in the lineup. Well, he's yep. practiced this week. Mm-hmm. Which means that after the work that Robert Hunt has put in for the last few weeks, you have a good problem for once on the offensive line. You have three good players at tackle, hypothetically. So how do you play three good players at tackle this Sunday? What would you do? You know, that's that's a question. Let me ask you the question this way. What would you do and what do you think they will do with the three players at tackle? This is what they are going to do. Um, first off, if if he's actually back, then I expect him to be used. Adam Pankey has been can, has been used. Um, I don't know exactly how many snaps, but a fair bit as a sixth offensive lineman. All right, so we've 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 seen that come onto the field um, several times. So. There's a clear, there's at least one clear option here, and that is that Adam Pankey no more. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, you know, that it's going to be Austin Jackson. And sort of the, the benefit of that is, well, Austin Jackson kind of has, has the, um, you know, the athleticism of a tight end. So, um, so, uh, you know, it gives you some, some interesting or some intriguing, uh, extra on that decision. Um, I guess Panky has played 24 snaps this, uh, in, in the last, uh, in three games. So, um, and that's so I a think lot for a six, and that's, lineman. yeah, right. Right. So, so I think first easy, the easy answer there is okay. They're whenever they were tempted to do that. Um, that's probably going to be Austin Jackson. Uh, I'm, but I'm skipping ahead. The real question is like, do you just plug Austin Jackson back in at left tackle? Mm-hmm. Um, no, to me, no, not when, not, not when Jesse Davis is playing so well and not when you're trying to break in, uh, you know, to a tongue of as a rookie quarterback in his second start. Uh, and he's, you know, coming off that horrific injury last year. We were clearly too nervous to play him earlier this year. So, um, you know, from from a physical standpoint. So, no, I wouldn't rush him back in at left tackle. I would only do it when clock strikes 12 on Cinderella as far as Jesse Davis is concerned at that left tackle position. And it's like, oh, okay, this, yeah, you really can't handle this. Because – 
honestly, I, I'm surprised he's playing as well as he has. Yeah. Um, at well, left PFF, tackle. I, mean, I saw the I saw a, a graphic that showed that PFF considers him the best left tackle in football the last three weeks. Well, the, in, in in the last three weeks, I thought it, they they said it was for week eight. He was the best tackle. He was the best tackle yeah, in the NFL in week yeah, eight. In week eight, and week eight. it wasn't the last three weeks, and Although, because the they actually haven't graded, they one. actually haven't graded him well in the other games. Really? Okay. Um. Yeah. So he has, what, so one hurry, they, right? He's given up one hurry. Um. I know he has. Let's good see. Stats. He he does have he does have pretty good stats. Um. Why why am I not seeing the stats? Like they don't they don't just uh. Oh wait, there it is. I'm I'm looking at the wrong thing. But I can okay. answer some other uh, allowed allowed pressure, allowed pressure, zero sacks. No, easily zero sacks, seven hits, and ten hurries. Um okay. And three and weeks. that's on 263, 263 pass blocks. So okay. that's um terrible. you know, that's not terrible, but they wouldn't be grading that high usually. What they graded high was this last week. He didn't allow a single pressure um during the game and, yeah, and, and you know what's interesting see, about we that? see Look, we see parts on the film where where it's like you know he's fa- yeah he's facing aaron donald but he's yes. also got like three guys facing aaron donald with him <laughs> so, so yeah i put know, a, i don't know if you saw did you see my pocket picks uh photo this week no okay i, I put up uh on the three yards per carry account i put up pictures of the 17 pocket passes that Tua tonga vialoa threw at the moment of release <laughs> And those are pretty mm-hmm. clean pockets, except for two instances. One where he's being mm-hmm. pressured by Aaron Donald, and the other one where he's getting massacred <laughs> by Aaron yeah, Donald right. and, and Brockers. So, you know, he yeah, had, Brockers is the one that body slammed him. Yeah, so he so Tua Tagovailoa had some time in the pocket. And in one of those pictures, you can see that we had four guys blocking Aaron Donald. <laughs> yeah, I know. That was funny. That was Obviously, that's a mistake. About. Somebody Somebody got caught in the air and saying, okay. He's in front of me. I guess I'll. Well, block it's him it's too. it's probably it's 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 a couple of things. I mean, one, you've got extra eyes on him, and but two, you know, it's like a zone thing. Yes. Um, as far as the protection is concerned, and, and, and on that he's play, the only guy in that zone, and they and you supply, and and you go max, so you probably slid. <laughs> so, mm. so you're sliding a bunch of players into his zone, and then he ends up being the only guy in the zone, and. You know, so anyway, but yeah, um, the so back to the question, forward. the hard, the hard question is, is Jesse Davis, does he stay at left tackle? I think he should. I think uh, just because Austin Jackson can play this weekend doesn't mean you automatically put him back in the, you know, just coming off of an injury, mm-hmm. maybe give him a week or two to practice and, and get back and get completely back in um, into the swing of things while you see how deep this rabbit hole goes with Jesse Davis at left tackle. Um, I don't think that hurts anybody to have the the experienced veteran helping to protect uh, Tua Vilo in some of his earliest starts. So no pressure, no um, no pressure to get to to do this too soon. Uh, so so and then no my answer Jones. becomes and no Chandler Jones either, and no Ch- and no Chandler Jones, and that's important. So uh, so my answer does become like I said. Okay, well, I'm just going to slide Austin Jackson in there where Adam Pankey used to be on those 24 snap or eight snaps a game or whatever, and uh, and and that's what we do. Um, and then Robert, I, I guess the real thing is like, well, what about sliding Austin Jackson in there and just having Jesse Davis go back to right tackle, mm-hmm. which is 
you know, protecting to his blind side, you know, instead of Robert Hunt. And um, I kind of like how Robert Hunt has played. So, uh, so, it, so it's a really tough call. Um, Cause Robert I, Hunt I and Solomon Kinley have like, they have some camaraderie. You can see it. Yeah. They, they definitely have a chemistry. Um, so I don't know if I want to interrupt that. Um, and, and maybe, you know, so we'll see. Uh, and I've but been, I've it's gotta be, it's question. gotta be, he gets, if he gets destroyed, if he starts being destroyed, yeah. then I changed my mind. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> right. It's, it's a quick look, right? So yeah, it's a Julian quick look. Jesse, right? Jesse, move over. Well, no, no, I, <laughs> he starts, Robert Hunt starts getting destroyed in the game. Like he's got a clear mismatch going on or something like that. Then I, then, yeah, then I give him the hook. Him. I flip, I take him out. I say, Jesse, move over and, and throw Austin back in at left tackle. Um, yeah. Easy and then answer. I was asked other questions this week as far as the offensive line. And I, I, I guess I can answer them for you here. Uh, at least I'll answer them. Austin Jackson never lined up at right tackle. So that's not an option. He never yeah, lined that's up at like, right tackle in camp. Yeah. No, you the don't want to do that. Cross trained at left tackle and right tackle was Robert Hunt. And I believe he was noticeably bad at left tackle. So, you know, it, it, that well, didn't Jesse got cross trained too. Yeah. Well, Jesse Davis cross trained at left tackle, right tackle and center. And he was bad and at center. Left. Didn't he play any, he didn't play any of the guards. Uh, very little. I think he played for, for a couple, a couple of days. He lined up at right guard and okay. then that changed quickly. And he stayed yeah. at tackle at right tackle. Interesting. So, I don't think that's happening either. I was also asked, could it be that maybe you bring in Austin Jackson, you bring in your best pass protectors and take Solomon Kinley out and put Jesse Davis at right guard? And my answer is no, because Solomon Kinley is actually one of your better pass protectors. So yeah, he's, he's been solid so far. So I know uh, Solomon Kinley, nobody's losing their job right there. Uh, Eric flowers was good last week. He had Aaron Donald lined up over him plenty. Mm-hmm. I thought he did an admirable job. So yeah. So Everything is as is, I would say. On the yeah, you gotta, line. you gotta, you gotta keep going with it for now. Um, I think it's, I think that's, that's the way it is. You know, here's a, here's another question for us, and I don't want to go into it too much, but you know, do you, do you start to take Preston Williams off the field a little bit? And that was going to be my next question. You, you, you are. In oh, my I, head. I preempted, I preempted you. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, the, the way I was going to ask the question was like this. Preston Williams is slumping again after he wasn't. <laughs> okay. Right. We said he was slumping and then he wasn't slumping. Well, now he's slumping. He's coming off, in my opinion. That was his worst game. Because, yeah, that was tough. That was one really bad drop and another one semi bad drop. And mm-hmm. third, I think they were both really bad. Yes. Well, yeah. I'm not going to argue either way. They, they could both be bad. I mean, I got the still frame on that second one on the crosser, and uh, yeah, catch that. And, You're an NFL wide receiver. Catch that. Yeah. Now, I, when what I giving you a gimme right there. What I what I don't blame him on really is the 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 missed the misconnection early on between he and on a deep ball between he and Tua because absolutely it was Darius Williams and that was five nine of them. It was Darius Williams. He's five foot nine. You've got a six foot five inch receiver. He's trying to you know he's he's trying to create a nice jump ball situation. To, yeah, and not only to, that, not only that, but basketball style to get a rebound is what he's. But not only that, not only that. Darius Williams had completely flipped his hips and gone and gone back to the ball, you know, and, and I think that as a quarterback, you're supposed to be able to read 
often, I don't know if they put this on Tua as a rookie in his first start or not, but you're often supposed to be able to read that, that leverage and, and know to throw that back shoulder or, yes. um, or to otherwise, you know, throw that uh, under throw that a little bit and try and get a, a jump ball and Tua instead kind of threw to a spot. Like he's like, he's John Ross and he's going to outrun the dude, uh, even though he had a, you know, cushion and flipped his hips and everything. Um, and, and it just didn't, didn't work out. And I, I think that was on the quarterback, honestly. Um, I and agree. Tua was a little bit shaky in those first two or three drives until that third down pass to Gesicki, which was quite beautiful. Um, you know, I think that uh, it took him a little bit to settle in. And Preston, I don't blame him for that. Now, the drops, on the other hand, Preston, clearly, you know, you blame him for that. And, mm. and there are some routes that they have Preston run then I'm like, that's, that's really not his best. That's, that's not his, that's not his best route. You know, mm-hmm. like the, some of those crossers, those drags and stuff like that. I don't, I don't know. That's not, that's not his game to me. Yeah. And if you watch him on some of the crossers, when he catches it, he doesn't really catch it and transition as cleanly as other guys on no. the roster do, especially Devontae no. Parker. Like that's stuff I would have Devontae Parker do. Yeah. That's he's, he's a strong, he's always been back to Louisville he's been he's been much more deadly on those on those type of crossers but even he's like not great to me at the nfl level uh, on that sort of pass um you know it jakeem grant is is very tempting on that sort of pass except he's so tiny so um so i mean you know you gotta try and get it up over the offensive line or through the offensive line somehow to find this five foot six inch receiver you got to see him um, first though <laughs> yeah and you got to see him and and so you know there was a pass like there was a pass that way which i think i think to uh, to be honest i think he was going to hit and i think it was going to be perfect and i think like like you pointed out it was going to be potentially a very big play yes um but then aaron donald got in his face and Tua had to pump it and and so he missed his window yes. and then he didn't have another window to throw it to because you know there's offensive line there's clutter everywhere and so he had to hit the same window um after after you know a pump only takes like a fraction of a second but i mean still it's enough and uh and he tries to hit the same window and now it's behind jakeem um, yeah and if you watch and- that play and we watch that play i broke it down on the yard work series uh, mm. The Rams, half the team is playing zone and the other half is playing man. And the guy that was playing man decided to vacate where he was supposed to be. Oh, yeah. It was total miscommunication. It was complete mi- miscommunication. And if Tua hits that, you have Jakeem Grant catching it with a full head of steam with mm-hmm. nobody in front of him, two Dolphins and two Rams on yep. that side of the field. And, and the, the Rams, Rams and the were, Rams are in man. <laughs> yes. And they were 18 yards down the field. So... You could do yeah. the math, okay? Yeah, it's right. Probably yeah. look. Put it this way: if you can bet on things, like let's say we could watch the game in slow motion and then pause it and say, "All right, odds that he scores here." Let's say he would have caught it right there for a five-yard gain, mm-hmm. and then I could zoom out and look at what's on the field. You give me minus one ten that he scores a touchdown from there. I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's it's he could have been he could have been gone on that one. But again, that was, I, I still think that is, you know, it's unfortunate, but it yes. was a product of the pressure that Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald was putting on. He flashed, he flashed right in his, uh, into his face and to it already had to as a left-handed quarterback. So he's throwing it, he's throwing the ball, 
you know, when, when Aaron Donald flashes from to his left, um, that ball's right in Aaron Donald's like, you know, area of, of reach. Um, and so, so, I mean, he, he had, he felt like he had to pump it and I'm, I don't blame him, especially after the, the sack strip on the first play that he had. So, right. um, you know, it's just, it just sucks, but whatever. Yeah. All right. And we're moving on from Preston Williams and we've talked enough about these wide receivers, but there's one wide receiver I want to talk to talk about. And that's Devontae Parker. I believe this is the first game in a long time, man, years, maybe. Okay. And even when, when there were some stakes and Devontae Parker was on this roster, we were really talking about Jarvis Landry and Kenny Stills as guys that would be important on a Sunday. I think Devontae Parker is playing his first because I don't I don't think there was any pressure in any games last year. I think this is his first pressure game, and I'll tell you mm-hmm. why. He's our best wide receiver. He's one of the best wide receivers in the AFC. I really mm-hmm. do believe that. I think he's in the top 15, top 10, maybe. And at his best, he could be in the top five. He was last year in the AFC. I think this is his first pressure game. This is what he has on his hands. He has a rookie quarterback, Tuatonga Valoa, that he's going to have to usher in. through. He's going to have to hold his hand through this game. He's going to have to get open for him. And on the other side, you have a defense that tends to use one of the better cornerbacks in football, Patrick Peterson, to travel. It's well, I don't I don't I don't know if I I don't know if I agree with that. I mean he's 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 on he's he's left corner he's left cornerback like it's it's seventy percent of the time or something like that. You know I don't know. Um, but he has done I mean, it before. He, you don't think he, that, he can that this he makes can. a lot of sense for them to do it again, especially with Drake. I, th- I think it depends. Dep- yeah, well, that's that. I think you just you just hit the nail on the head. There is it is it depends on the availability of the other players. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see what what else is going on. Um, I'm trying to play a little chess here. If I'm the Cardinals, that's the first thing I put on the, on the, on the dry erase board. Well, see, so if you, if you look at his breakdown, if you look at Pat Pete's breakdown, uh, he's, he spent five of these seven games, just almost exclusively left corner. Mm -hmm. Um, and then he spent two of them, you know, kind of going, going back and either going back and forth or um or mostly at right corner um and i think that that has i think that probably they've had so many injuries i think that probably had something to do with availability okay um and so you know he's gonna be he well we'll see this could be one of those availability issues because i think drake or patrick is um isn't isn't he ailing isn't he on the injury report he has not practiced all week and yeah he's He's like 50-50 to play, which brings me to another guy. So you don't think that that's something cuz if you're the if you're the Cardinals DC, wouldn't you, wouldn't that be something you would try to do at least? What, have him travel? Have him travel with Devontae Parker this week. I mean, this is, is so this is this is this now. is Vance Joseph. This is Vance Joseph and mm-hmm. and I don't I don't think I don't recall him being honestly all that inclined to to have to have guys uh travel mm-hmm. um so we'll we'll see i i think it's whether he's whether he faces a lot of um Devante because Devante flips back and forth right mm-hmm. 
Um, he doesn't play right or left. I mean, he's, he's, he goes back and forth. Um, so I think he's going to face, I think he's he, probably, if I had to place money on it, I'd say that Pat Pete's probably just going to be on the left-hand side. And sometimes he's going to be facing Devonte Parker. And sometimes he's going to be facing somebody else. Mm. So All right, that's going to be interesting. And here's the, here's the other one that I want to get to Kenyon Drake, all of a sudden, like Lazarus, he might play in this game. He might. I heard he's not going to. Well, they're saying 50-50 now, all of a sudden. Really? Okay. Yes. I don't like hearing he, that. Here's what we have on as far as, well, you know, not to say that it's good that somebody's injured, but, you know, we're talking football here. But it's good that he has not practiced all week, but they're talking about maybe, mm-hmm. which sounds to me like doubtful, which means he probably will not play. But the rest of the running backs, you're talking about Chase Edmonds. Yeah. You know, he's a nice player as well. Will you, and now we're going to get into the defensive side of the ball because I feel as if the Dolphins could play a great defensive game and they could still give up three touchdowns in this one. Yeah. Okay. So you could play a really good defensive game and give up 24 points, which means the Dolphins are going to have to score some. Okay. They're going to have to score three touchdowns on offense. Of course, yeah. if their defense is going to start returning, you know, fumbles for touchdowns all over the place, that's good too. Yeah, but we'll we'll see. I mean, maybe the defense could outscore, uh, could outscore what they give up with their own what, uh, what pick sixes. What would you expect the Dolphins' defense to do with Kyler Murray? Would you expect something as simple as try to get speed on the field and play a lot of zone, or because I don't know what you know, I don't know what. How do you approach? Kyler Murray. Well, I I think so. Seventy so yards rushing is, pretty much turns our lights out, right? From Kyler Murray. Well, yeah. I mean, so what I think actually, what I think you have to watch out for uh, with Kyler Murray the most is is in the red zone, mm-hmm. um, because they, when it comes to red zone offense, um, you know, their number one, their number one option is going to be is going to be having Drake or Edmonds run the ball. Edmonds, by the way, had a phenomenal game um, in week seven in place of Kenyon Drake. It was to the mm-hmm. point that, that like all the chatter that you see from the fans are like, you know, Kenyon who. Um, so so, I mean, I think it, it, that could tip things in favor of like Kenyon Drake is kind of iffy. Then like the thing that could tip it is like, hey, Chase Edmonds playing really, really well right now. So uh, um, so we could see that, but their number one option is going to be running Edmonds, but then number two option is really Kyler Murray on the run. Yeah. And, and that's where you see, that's where you see him, him running the most is in the red zone doing the most damage. And, and that's, um, you know, they, they have the number five red zone offense in the league as far as, uh, as far as touchdown scoring and, uh, you know, Dolphins red zone defense for as good as the defense has been this year our red zone defense is not good. It's not great. It's like, you know, it's, it's around number 20, 22 or 21 or something like that. Um, so that's, that's where you're going to see the issues with Kyler Murray. This happened with Kyler a lot in college too. It's like, how do you play him? And, um, and a lot of teams, their answer was, was it used to be to rush three and pull back eight and, you know, have a spy. Mm-hmm. And that I always felt that was a big mistake. Um, that was, uh, you know, that, that played right into, to his hands because often the spy, um, especially if he's not being very aggressive, you know, he just outrun the spy anyway. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then he, he could take all that time. He could take all that time and, and find and all that space and it plays right into his hands. I mean, he's a, he's a, you bail him out because he's a short guy. And so, um, so if you don't have a lot of people coming after him, then, uh, then he's got better vision and, you know, he's got better space and all that. So he can find people. And if he's got good receivers, which he does, then, uh, then he finds people. So you can't do that. You got to You got to send people after him. Um, can we go all the zero blitzes like we did last week against Jared Goff? I don't know. I actually don't know the answer to that question. Um, and, and we'll see, we'll see if, if they do, cause Miami, I mean, it's like they had such success with it. It's like, why not? Uh, and certainly if you send all those guys at Kyler Murray, who's a very, very short quarterback, you can try and just knock down anything that he tries to, that he tries to get out. So, mm-hmm. um, so, you know, you gotta be tempted at least, um, to try and do that. I think that what you do is you, you probably, you probably send some, New England used to do something with a guy named Marquise Marquis Flowers, um, who was evidently no relation to Trey Flowers. I thought he was, yes. I thought they were related, um, but no, he was he's a guy. He was a linebacker out of um, out of Arizona. He had four four speed. He was kind of like a safety linebacker hybrid type. Uh, what the the Patriots used to do is they they almost it almost seemed like they had him playing a little bit outside of the scheme like and and they had him coming on the field against mobile quarterbacks and he would um, he would he would play like not just not it's not exactly a spy role it's a spy slash pass rush role um, you know so he, he was constantly you know he was always on the attack as far as blitzing in there. Uh, reading what's happening in the backfield, figuring out where the opening was, and then going on the attack to go get him and using his speed and his, his explosiveness to dog after um, after mobile quarterbacks. The Dolphins have a guy like that in Camus Grugier Hill who can play that role. He's also got 4-4 speed. He's a safety hybrid. He's um, you know, he he, he looks kind of lengthy out there when you um when you watch him, and he and he blitzes really well. Um, so, so I think, I wonder if the dolphins are going to have, uh, um, KGH play a little bit of a role like that. I know some people are like, well, why can't you have Jerome Baker spy him? Well, Jerome Baker's too important to the defensive scheme to me to have him in a role like that. So, uh, so that's, that's one thing that I think you could see happen. Um, the other thing that, that you have to look at is the coverage I mean, naturally, because of the side that New Hopkins works on, and the side that Brenton Byron Jones works on, I mean, the, the, that's the matchup. They're gonna mm-hmm. they're gonna be matching up on, on each other all day long, and and so that leaves Xavier Howard, which is good because last time Xavier Howard played New Hopkins, Hopkins absolutely destroyed him and, and totally got in Xavier's head. Um, I think he gave up like three touchdowns or something like that in that game. It was, it was ridiculous. Um, he actually and, had a, a decent game, but gave up two touchdowns. Yeah. Decent game. But <laughs> I remember, I remember aside from about, that, aside from that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? Yeah, um, but I remember, I remember the, the, the circumstances in which he gave them up. There was one that we were arguing and there was one that was absolutely on him, but I, I remember almost like, don't quote me on this, but he had given up something like five catches for 72 yards something like yeah. that when, when but but still when that's a bad Hopkins, day yeah when hopkins was just destroying the league you know yeah 
I know. Well, he still does, but, uh, and he's doing really well. He's doing really well this year. So watch out. So, I mean, the, the, the question, do you tempt fate by putting Xavier Howard back on him? Um, I don't know. I mean, part of me is like, oh, maybe because Xavier's such a fighter that he's going to go on with a real chip in his shoulder. Um, but then at the same time, that might be tempting fate. And it doesn't matter anyway, because the sides don't work out. So um, so Xavier's going to be on Christian Kirk. The Arizona Cardinals are unique in that they have the they have. Um, uh, New Hopkins working one side as a receiver. They have Christian Kirk working working the other side as a receiver. And then they have Larry uh, Fitzgerald and Andy Isabella um, in the slot. And and that's just how they are like 90% of the time. Like it's yeah. It's and Keishon not... Johnson is a really nice receiver and he comes yeah, in to doesn't spell. play that much, yeah. but he, but he does come in a spell. Um, and so, so they're unique. Full. They're un- unique that way. And it actually works out well for Miami. I think because we have two perimeter specialists as corners. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we get more of the caught in this question, like, ah, who do we, who do we, you know, can't we, can't we have Byron Jones come on the inside and follow a guy here? Or, you know, can we, can we get a better, a better answer for your slot than Nick Needham or whatever? Um, and, and that's not going to be as much of an issue, I think in this game, because new Hopkins is definitely your guy that you want to shut down. Christian Kirk is definitely a good player that, that you got to shut down as well um larry fitzgerald is doing all right he's a threat on third down um and and you know he's a pretty good but they're gonna have to come up with an answer whether that's and and somebody brought up an interesting point do you have actually er- eric Rowe um playing against him where he would usually play against a tight end because fitzgerald's like a bigger guy now and yeah fitzgerald is essentially a tight end now yeah, he's like sort of a pseudo tight end. So, I mean, do you have do you have Eric Rowe um, go on him? And that makes sense to me. So, you know, you could see you could see an interesting matchup that way. Um, so, so that's the that's in the secondary. But here's the name of this game, and this is where Miami could can lose it or you know potentially win it if they can handle it. It's no huddle, no huddle, no huddle, no huddle. That's the problem. Because there is no team, there is no offense in football that is more no huddle oriented than the Arizona Cardinals with uh, with with Cliff Kingsbury. Um, there are no huddle team that spread you out. They they go four wide receivers more than any other team in the league. There's only one other team that does it nearly as much as them. That's the Buffalo Bills. We struggled against the Buffalo Bills. No. Um, so, but they but they go no huddle more than anybody else. And guess what happened last week when the Rams finally got to the no huddle? Mm-hmm. We started giving up yards and we started giving up, you know, our, they went no huddle on us. Our defense was already a little bit tired at that point. Um, I remember Jonathan Vilma calling the game. He is like, he, he said it right away. He's like, the Rams should have gone to this earlier. Like they, they were, they were going no huddle on us and hurry up. And, um, and they were really, they were really finding purchase on our defense. I mean, they that's, they were getting it done actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they had no answer for that zero zero blitz so so we could still get them on some of those zero blitzes uh even even from the no huddle so the the cardinals are going to do that i mean if you look at our no huddle defense it hasn't it wasn't just in that rams game we've had some we've had some struggles um against the no huddle you know going back uh you know even going back to the the jags did it against us i think a little bit um 
and uh and it's just it's it's been a problem uh and and i think that we're gonna have to find make sure that we have our answers ready for that because that's how they're gonna blow it open if they're gonna if they're gonna blow it open that's it that's the way they do it and then the other the other problem is uh is is as i said red zone they're particularly effective in the red zone our defense hasn't been yet um yeah so so we'll see. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I think that uh, we have a good third down defense. They have a pretty good third down offense. Uh, so I don't see necessarily the advantage there. I think it's just all going to come down to that. It's all going to come down to the, how, how we handle that no huddle and hurry up and how we, um, how we do in the red zone. Yeah, they're going to have to get pressure up the middle because Calamari last year wasn't as effective with his feet, but this year he's extremely effective because he's he's running with opportunity. Like he's yep. sensing opportunities, especially against man, and just leaving the pocket and getting yards that way. So they're and that's why I think you I think you go five against him always. Mm-hmm. Like I think you just that's what I would be tempted. I think Alabama did that and um in, in back in college, and uh, and. And that's what I would do here is you just got to go five against him. And one of those five, I think has to be sort of like I was talking about before the, the blitzer spy. Um, and, and I think that that's, uh, and, and he has to, he has to kind of do a good job of sensing where the, um, where the gaps are and filling that, filling that in and chasing after the guy. And then the other players have to do a good job, not letting him escape contain. Yeah, and they're um, gonna have to put. I, I believe they're gonna have to put Zach Sealer right over the center, cover the center, and just rush on the center. So yeah, that could be. So they don't do any of those slide protects and open up lanes for Kyler Murray to leave the pocket. Oh yeah, so, he does that right through the middle. Yeah. So yeah, Zach Sealer's gonna have to beat the crap out of Mason Cole <laughs> this Sunday. But you know, another guy in this is Kyle Van Noy is a pretty smart player. Um, so, you know, he, he can play a little bit of that, you know, Phil, Phil game too. And, uh, and I think that he can, uh, he can do well with it. All right. So let's get into how this game is won, how this game is lost. So very quickly, what does a win look like for the Dolphins this Sunday? A win will have to look like it, it will have to be on offense. Um, it'll have to be. And this is this is where I struggle with this game a little bit mm-hmm. because clearly the offense, you know, actually offense hasn't been explosive, explosive in two games, right? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, they were, and bad. They were uh, bad against the, the Jets. Right. So um, so I struggle with this a little bit, but it's going to it's going to have to be it's going to have to be the offense uh, holding up their end of the deal and actually taking possession of the ball. Um, cause it, the, the problem for the cards is if they go, you know, sort of hurry up and no huddle is that they get, they get their ass off the field quickly sometimes too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that gives that leaves them open for you possessing the ball and having nice possessions and shortening the game. Um, and so that's, that's the, the formula is, is we're going to have to do well on offense. You're going to have to we're going to have to try some of the things that we tried against the, um, against the, the Rams, you know, as far as the, the neat trickery, you know, wildcat being creative type stuff. 
Um, but then Tua is also going to have to be trusted on third down to uh, to settle in there and read and, and go through his progressions, which he went through his progressions really nicely um, last week. Yeah, so um, so I don't have an issue there. Uh, and and offensively, they're just they're just going to have to get it done, and that's the way it is. And um, and that's that's how I see them winning the game. It, it might be shortening the game, so it might not be an explosion of like thirty five points. Hmm. but you'll see it in time of possession. You know, you'll see it in, um, in control of the game. And that's, that's how I think the dolphins have to win. Yeah. I think they're going to, the dolphins are going to have to trick their way to, to a bunch of first downs and extended drives. They're just going to have to. And, yep. you know, and I hate to put a number on it, but I really do believe they need to score three touchdowns because I think if yeah. they, the dolphins score three touchdowns with their kicking game. They could push 30 points. And I think mm-hmm. that should be enough to win this game. I'll start with my prediction. Okay. Mm. I think that's the game plan. I think the offense plays relatively well. We're going to see some bright spots from Tua Tonga Vailoa, but I believe that it's too much to ask from Kyler Murray to, to actually stop Kyler Murray. I think he'll score his own three touchdowns. Yeah. And I have the Cardinals winning 27, 21. I have Tua playing well. I have Tua playing well. Uh, that defense they have some nice players, but they have some injury issues on the back end. And two was one of those guys that I think is going to go to school on that. And he's, he's going to find Devonte Parker. He's going to make some plays with his arm and he'll keep them in the game. But I just think, I just think it's just too much to ask to shut down Kyler Murray as well. Now here's the bright spot. I have them losing 27 to 21, but if they do beat the Cardinals, then we have ourselves something on our hands. We have ourselves a team that's probably going to win the division. And I'll just go ahead and say it. They beat the Cardinals. They will overtake the Buffalo Bills for the division by the end. That's an interesting, yeah, that's an interesting uh, prediction point. Um, If they don't, which I don't believe that they will, I don't believe they're going to beat the Cardinals. Then I think that, you know, we're back in business for nine wins again. Yeah. How do you see it going? I think, um, so I would say there are things working against Miami here. One, we've we've talked about this incessantly. Uh, the defense looks a little bit different versus this type of quarterback than versus the Gardner Minshew, Jared Goff, stationary type of quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's not what we're facing. Sorry, luck of the draw. Um, <laughs> and that's and so we're facing we're facing exactly the kind of quarterback that uh, made the defense not look like the number one scoring defense in the NFL, mm-hmm. um, which they are right now. So, uh, so this would be an important proof if they went ahead and shut down the, uh, the Cardinals offense and did a great job. It would be an important proof that they have taken a step forward against mm-hmm. this type of quarterback. So I look forward to seeing if they do that, that would be awesome. It'd be really awesome to be a step forward. That is a playoff. That is the thing a playoff team would do. Um, and so hopefully they do that. I don't, you know, I'm not sure that they will. Um, there's another, there's other things going against them. They're traveling on the road, obviously. Um, that's, that's, that's a thing. Uh, two more things that are working against them is they've, uh, they've had a quarterback switch and I'm not convinced even taking it aside to his age and or you know how young he is in the nfl only in a second start 
Um, even taking that aside, I'm not sure and I'm not convinced yet that there's chemistry between he and the other players in the offense, nor between he and Chan Gailey. Um, and I think that that was something that you could feel in the um, in last week's game. Um, you know, whether Chan was was a little bit handcuffed by Flores told to be conservative, I'm not sure. But there was definitely a chemistry issue. I mean, it's not it's not that surprising. Chan Gailey is like you know married to Ryan Fitzpatrick, and now he's mm-hmm. got to find now he's got to call plays for a different quarterback, and maybe he's struggling a little bit. I don't know. Um, I don't know if that's done yet, uh, and I don't know if the 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 offensive woes that started really against the Jets and um, continued through uh, last week. I don't know if that's done yet either. And then in this game, we're going to, we're going to have to turn that all around while having a, a depleted running backs, you know, the running backs weren't all that impressive to begin with, but now it's depleted even, mm-hmm. even from that. Um, we're going to have to do that, you know, with that, with that backfield, I'm just not seeing it. You know, I'm not seeing it happen. And honestly, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this is, this game is more of a blowout than a close one. So um, I hate I hate to break it. I, you know, that's, that's just the way I see it. And a score. I don't know. What does a blowout look like to you? To 30 to 17, something like that. I don't, I just don't see them getting, I don't see a Brian Flores team getting their doors absolutely ripped off. Like, you know, 42 to 10 or something like that. Not with this team. I think this defense is too good to just get massacred. So like 30 to 17, I think is like, they lose by two touchdowns. I think that's their worst loss this season. If they lose by two Uh, touchdowns, I'll say, I'll say 28 to 13. Okay. That's a pretty bad offensive output. So that will keep, that will keep the national media pretty happy to talk shit all week about. Well, you know, the story, the story will start to write itself, you know, two is not that great and blah, 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 but there, there's going to, there's going to be a lot more to look at. Um, with respect to the uh the struggles now the one thing i will say though is if it goes if i end up being an idiot we we have an offensive explosion you'd look no further than all the injuries on the cardinals defense right they are they are depleted okay um but at the same time i don't know how that defense is playing that well to begin with Mm because i look at who's i look at all the players that's on it and i'm like i'm how are they that good to begin with and so I'm not sure I get it. They must have some magic coming out their asses um, as far as as far as how they're able to perform at times. Um, and I know Buda Baker is you know really good, and there's you know maybe a couple players in there that are that are pretty good. And um, but still, so so if if it's so injury depleted, yeah, you could you could maybe see the Dolphins go ahead on offense and getting it turned around. But what I'm saying is right now they haven't made that turn. The Dolphins all offense hasn't made that turn to, to where I can have like a line of sight into the, into a trend that makes me say, okay, this is where I think they're going to be. Um, you know, right now we haven't, we have, we're still, we're still kind of caught in the weeds and it's everything that I talked about. It's you know, there's, there might not be chemistry with the new quarterback. There might not be chemistry between the, the play caller and the new quarterback. You know, there's a lot of things going on. Um, hopefully, they get it all turned around this week. And again, that would be a huge step forward. All right. Well, this was a meaty 
preview show. Now, we didn't give you the answers you wanted to hear as far as who's going to win the game, but you can't complain with the information. But that's it. We will see you on Monday. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs, five to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.